0: Alright, amen. Guys, do you have my PowerPoint ready back there? You remember last week it was just black and white. You remember that last week? Black and white. Pastor did it black and white. I got fancy this week. Man, I got the gray zone and the yellow going. So I am slowly getting my PowerPoint skills up to snuff. So it won't just be black and white, but it'll be sort of that gray and, and yellow. And I want to talk to you because it's... Right after encounter weekend, we had just a powerful encounter meeting. We had some folks here, those of you that did not know, we had some folks that came and visited us from Restoration Church in Spartanburg, and they were literally kind of watching how we did it, the model, because they're just getting started in their encounters, and they wanted to get sort of a feel for what happened. And so it was really interesting to be able to answer questions, and they participated as well as as well as watching what they perhaps would like to do at their church. And um, I'm, just, I'm just excited, you know, what we do here, uh, other people want to do. So uh, it, it's great that our influence can be disseminated in greater ways. And so that was exciting. But one of the things we talk about, and this is one of the things that would be good for all of us in this room, to just be reminded that that your freedom and that your wholeness is not just an event. But that you're going to have to walk it out. Christianity is not an event. It's not a service. It's a journey. And when you signed up to walk with the Lord, that's literally what you were going to do. You're going with him on a journey. And, you know, this is kind of a simple precept, but if you'll get a hold of this, it'll help you for years. Like I said, I, you know, my story, I was saved when I was 18. I've been serving the Lord. Ever since I was eighteen that's thirty three years now that's a long time to walk with God and uh, ostensibly, I mean you know there have been ups and downs but but when I got saved, I got saved to the bone and and it's it's been pretty much a a trajectory like this with the Lord. but you know for a lot of people that's not how it works. they're up and down and backwards and you know get out of jail free and <laughs> you know they've just had a lot of a lot of challenges and issues and so And so we've got to understand what it means to walk out our freedom. And write this word down. And it's going to be a very important word. It's the word maintenance. Maintenance. Most things in life that are of value to you need maintenance. Upkeep. You know, you can go out and get yourself a brand new car. But if you don't regularly change the oil in that car and if you don't take care of the tires and keep them inflated right and you you get it lubricated and you deal with the maintenance issues, that new car will run for a while, but eventually it will decay and it will decay rapidly if you don't service it or maintain it. Now, you know. I've learned through the years because I did not do this with my automobiles when I was driving at first. And a lot of the reason was I felt like I didn't have the money at the time. You know, you get your first car, you burn every dime you've got to get the the vehicle, and then you, you, you forgot that it needs, you know, oil changes, and you got to change the tires or rotate them or flush a system out. And after a while, you just say to yourself, well, I guess I'll just... I'll skip that one or I'll let it go a little longer because you just, you feel like you don't have the money. And so what we do is instead of investing in the upkeep, we avoid those costs. And then what happens is that a few dollars of investment today that we avoid end up being hundreds of dollars of repair later on down the road. Are you getting the revelation? you see sometimes you say to yourself oh there's there's this initial investment in in upkeep in my relationship with the lord and what we do is we try to just go by and 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 not you know pay the prices or 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 begin to you know invest the cost of walking with the lord and then what happens is is that over time we don't realize that this life of ours, our spiritual life, begins to disintegrate and what would have only cost us very little in the beginning ends up costing us big time at the end. I've said this for years. You know, you can, you can skip church. I'll get back to this. You can skip church and people have asked me, you know, can you be a Christian and not go to church? Well, the answer is, well, certainly you could be a Christian and not ever go to church. But can I just share this with you? I don't know many victorious ones that do that. And what happens is, is that the investment maybe of setting your alarm and getting up on time and getting showered and being in the house of God may seem like a lot, particularly if you work hard and maybe you're up early every day of the week and, and it just sometimes it's just difficult, but you know, it could be that that simple investment now will help you avoid great repairs later on down the road. So if you can get a hold of maintenance, if you can get a hold of upkeep, it will it will, greatly, it will greatly benefit you as you do this thing called Christianity. I know for most people, they look forward to the day that they can be homeowners. And, uh, you know, that's the great American dream, to be a homeowner. But you know what? I found out that the first time I purchased a home and it was mine, I realized I had to mow the lawn. That my landlord or or the apartment that I was in or the townhouse, you know, they mowed the lawns and they did the upkeep. And I never thought about the shrubs or the weeds or, you know, I never thought about anything. But as soon as it was mine, oh, my goodness, I had to I had to mow the lawn. I have to power wash the side of my house. I have to do all of these things. When the when the heating and air conditioning unit goes out, it's it's mine to fix it. If I have to paint something, I, I'm looking right now at having to paint my back porch because it's starting to chip and I just I can't let it chip because that's a part of maintaining your your home. Same with same with your, your physical body. You know, just recently at the beginning of the week I didn't make a big deal of this. I had to go in for procedure at the beginning of the week. I won't tell you what the procedure is except to say it was one of those procedures you have when you're 51. We'll just leave it at that. It's kind of like what Captain Kirk does, going where no man has gone before. We'll just leave it at that. Now that everything was fine, I got a good report. They, they they ended up having to, to remove just a little something and they don't think it's much. It's just it's being biopsied. It's not it's not any big deal. You know, they've looked at things like that before and he said, don't even worry about it. But because of that, we're going to need to check you in probably about three years again. And I'm sitting there going, I hope I'm healed of the that. Oh, god, awful prep they give you, and oh, jeez. But, but the point being is, if there were no maintenance, it could be, it could have grown into something else. Isn't that right? So that's why you do maintenance. You don't put these things off. So. So your freedom has to be maintained. So if you attempt to ride out your Christianity just from an event to an event to an event without ever getting service, without ever ma- maintaining yourself, you may slide by for a little while, but eventually it will catch up with you. And that is why here at Legacy we've done our best to create certain outlets like Discovery Class that happens you know, 9 o'clock every Sunday morning. We want people to participate in that. It's a part of of the process. You say, well, well, why is that important? Because you need sound doctrine. If you don't get healthy doctrine and sound doctrine inside of you, you won't know if sometime in the future you're being deceived or, or you're being you know, somehow hoodooed. Uh, We have, we've done school of leaders or school of ministry, we call it now. And and people, some of you came to that in the middle of the week. We do these things and it's not fancy and it's, it's not, uh, you know, we don't turn all the lights on and do all the different, you know, bells and whistles and turn the strobe lights on. And we may not do that, but it's maintenance. How many of you know, oil changes aren't fancy, but they're necessary. So it may not be fancy, but it's necessary. Now, I want to read to you a couple verses, and uh, now we can start using the screen, guys. 1 John 3 and 8. Uh, If you have your Bibles, why don't you open up your Bibles, crack them, and get to 1 John 3 and 8. I want to read to you a couple verses. It says this. He who sins, he who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the what? The works of the devil everyone say works of the devil now jesus never said that he destroyed the devil did he he said that he was destroying the works of the devil so you need to be aware that while jesus destroyed his works in your life satan still keeps walking around the scripture says like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and the question is will you be that for him again I would hope the answer is no, but he's not destroyed. He will come again. Now, if you don't want that, then you're going to have to learn to walk out this freedom. Now, John 8, 36 says that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Okay, the only truth that can set you free is the truth you know. So you understand in order to stay free, you're going to have to begin to know what the truth is. And, and if you don't know certain truth, it will ultimately be your demise. That's why the Scripture also says, My people perish for lack of knowledge, and hell has opened wide its throat. So ignorance really isn't bliss in the kingdom of God. But as we begin to know and understand, and we learn what the Scripture has to say, and then we begin to implement it into our lives, what happens is, is that we no longer live lives that resemble hell. You know You know why some people, they, I've said this for years, the reason they really aren't that fearful of hell is because a lot of people are living it right here on earth. Their lives are so dysfunctional and out of order, and it's crazy, it's fractured, their relationships are toxic, everything is bad, it's just falling apart, and and they wonder why they are where they are. My people perish for lack of knowledge, and hell has opened wide its throat. And, and so, we need to be sure that we're in places and venues that can begin to sow understanding and knowledge into us so that we might maintain our freedom. And Galatians 5, 1 says that this. It says, It was for freedom Christ has set you free. It was for freedom Christ has set you free. And so it is His desire that you stay in your freedom. Now, how do you stand fast or how do you maintain your freedom? There are going to be some decisions that all of us have to make in order to maintain our freedom. In fact, your next decisions are not whether you're going to attend some dramatic event. Your next decisions are not whether or not you're going to go to a Christian concert or you're going to go over to this big event over here or over there. But your next decisions that you will have to make is whether or not you're going to do some ordinary daily or weekly disciplines that will keep you spiritually healthy. Now again I'm just going to use the biological body. When I was when I was 25 years old, I could get away with some abuse in, on my body. I didn't have to sleep as long. I, you know, I could eat garbagey food. I mean in the may I was 25 years old and I could eat fast food three times a day. I wouldn't put on a pound. It wouldn't make a single difference to me. I never had indigestion, never had reflux, never had any problems. Now I'm 51. And yeah, exactly. I pay for it. I can't go eat fast food. I mean, every now and then I can go do McDonald's and that night I'm going to. In fact, when I go to McDonald's, I can usually get two or three times my money's worth out of it because it comes back to haunt me. Now, now understand If we let our bodies go, if we abuse our bodies, how many folks here know and you know it and and God's compassionate and he he wants to bring healing to your body and restore you. So don't take this as as a condemning thing. But there are people who have abused their bodies early in their life and because they abuse them, when we get older in life, some of that comes and catches up to us. So listen to me. Spiritually, it's exactly the same thing. We have got to do some things in order to maintain our spiritual health. And our problem has been in the church at large is that as Christians we tend to live victoriously from event to event instead of from day to day. We tend to live victoriously maybe from Sunday to Sunday instead of from day to day. The Lord wants to change that. I'm going to give you five places that you can start in keeping your freedom. Five things. These are simple things. This is Christianity 101. I suspect on a Wednesday night if you're here tonight you probably know these things and all I'm doing is reinforcing in you some things that you need to maybe shore up on. Maybe you've got all five working well in your life. If so, you're going you're gonna to feel a great big pat on the back from the Holy Ghost tonight. If not, you're going to feel a gentle nudge by the Holy Spirit to say, hey, this is one of those areas that you probably need to shore up a little bit because it'll keep you healthy for the long haul. Because the Bible doesn't say it that uh, it, it, it's not he who starts well that gets the affirmation it says that he who endures to the end all right we're, this is about crossing a finishing line this is about hearing well done thou good and faithful servant we're all glad for a great start i've watched people start great i've went to school with guys that were studying for the ministry bright sharp uh, uh, anointed uh, young men and, and, and women even, that started out well, but they don't finish well. Why is it? Because they didn't do some of the things, simple things, that it takes in order to be a good finisher. So five places you can start in keeping your freedom. Number one is already on the screen. You've got to be diligent. Diligent in the Word of God. Alright? Be diligent. The Bible tells us several things about itself that you need to know. The Bible says concerning itself that it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our what it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our it is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our it means this it means if you want to know the right way to go you got to get it in your system all right it says that it is food to strengthen you spiritually The Bible says of itself that it brings counsel, healing, direction, truth. The Scripture says concerning itself that if you'll read it and meditate it, it will cleanse your mind. And so the Bible is going to be the first place you're going to have to to start and make friends with your Bible. Now there was a day, again, I got one of these hardback versions now. And you know the reason I got a hardback version now? It's because I kept getting those leather versions and I'd break them. I mean, they just—they didn't bind. I guess they didn't bind them right anymore. They used to bind them better, and there were Bibles that I had. Literally, I had one Bible for about ten years, and I—I I had it marked just perfect. And if you ever get a Bible that you just get marked just perfect, I mean, it's just like you want it, and it's—it's it's hard to let that thing go. I had it. I had pages taped in it. I had the the thing taped, and finally, I think it was Trace said, "You know, that's just that just you walk up to the." pulpit with that it just doesn't seem quite right it looks like you know i'd open it up in pages it fly here and there you know i had i had (laughs) i had isaiah stuffed in around corinthians somewhere i mean it was it was a mess but you got to make friends with your bible wear it out read it and after a while i learned that probably that was the lord wanting me to get a new one because every now and then you got to get a clean text so you can read it again Clean, and not with all your arrows and notes and highlights i mean it's it 's good for a while, but after a while, you need a clean text but you know you 're not going to make it long without having your Bible in you studying it, reading it, hearing it, memorizing it come on now we've got, we've got the some of us have the top fifty country tunes memorized. What good's that going to do you? I mean, the enemy comes and starts working on you. What are you going to say? You lost your pickup and you just got out of prison. And What good does that do you? We've got this stuff memorized. I could start playing tunes. No joke. What's really sad is if I started playing tunes, because I grew up in the 70s. Tim, you probably did too. And and I'm looking at Ed making a groan. I bet I could play some songs right now and we could do a trio on that song, couldn't we? poorly <laughs> yeah yeah but there's because we got that th- think about that for 30 plus years a song will come on we'll be at a restaurant and all of a sudden that song will start playing whatever it is and i'll just start singing the song and my kids will look at me go and where is so, Dad, that's what i grew up with i'll never forget when clay hit the internet and he heard boston for the first time and he thought it was some new band and he said dad you got to come hear this and he started playing it and i knew all the lyrics to it And he looked at me going what are you doing, man? you listening to this stuff? I said, man, I grew up with this stuff. You know, Ario Speedwagon. I, I don't like to admit this. Ario Speedwagon. Van Halen. Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent is the reason I don't hear very well to this day. <laughs> Have mercy. But we know all the songs to this day. We know all the songs. Well, I'm just telling you. We gotta know the word. The Bible is your owner's manual. This is our owner's manual. This is this is when something's broke, this is how we find out how to fix it. When something isn't operating right, this is how to fix it. If things aren't going like we know they ought to be going, this is going to tell us where we need to look. This is this is like your your you know, and some of us don't do this either. We have an owner's manual, you know, in the glove box of our car. Very few of us pull that out. What we do is we take it somewhere and they fix it for us. I found out years ago I could save myself about a hundred dollars if I just read the owner's manual and go buy the light bulb and put it in myself. So if you read the word, you'd be amazed at how much trouble it might save you. So we got that's number one, gotta get into the word of God. You've got to be doing it. Number two, we gotta learn how to put on our spiritual armor. I'm just giving you some real quick insights about walking out your freedom. You gotta learn that every morning you get up and you gotta put on. Paul said, put on the armor of God. Put on the armor of God. You know what put on means? Put it on. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Say, how do I do that? Say, say, Lord, I put on the breastplate of righteousness. You do it with your confession. I put on the helmet of salvation. Today, as I put on my helmet of salvation, I am reminded that no arrow of the enemy is going to penetrate into my thought life and make me think... In any in any way in any terms different than what this word says, I am. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Amen. And you put on the armor of God. And if you'll put on the armor, if you'll put on the the the, the shoes of the preparation of the gospel of peace. If you'll put about you know, the breastplate of righteousness, the the sword, uh, the sword of the word of God. If you'll put these things on, I mean literally getting dressed spiritually every day because the enemy is on a relentless pursuit to destroy you. God wants you to succeed, but he, he, he says you must put on his armor. And as you walk into different areas of your life, some of you will go to work, some of you go to school. Hey, can I just share this with you? Some of us are going to visit family, amen, over Thanksgiving. Put on the armor of God. Are you following me? Now I love family. Don't miss it. I love family. I'm putting on the armor of God. Amen. You need to be prepared. People, remember, are not the problem. All right. Sometimes strongholds in other people's lives are the problem, but but we're not. You know, we're not victims of that when we can put on the armor of God. Number three, you got to recognize the power of your flesh. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something here. And it's this you cannot be delivered from a character defect. You cannot be delivered from a character defect. You cannot you and, and the other one is you can't counsel out a demon. See, encounter, those of you that went through encounter, encounter is designed to bring deliverance from the enemy, but some of the issues you and I face in life have nothing to do with the devil. This is going to come as revelation. Some of it's our flesh. Your selfish desire, your carnal nature. The devil didn't get you into trouble. Your selfish nature got you into trouble. Now the devil may have exploited it and we broke his power, but now you've got to understand that your flesh is still in operation. And you're going to have to do some things that will crucify that nature in you. You're going to have to break patterns of thinking, habits of acting that you've grown accustomed to. And it will take incredible energy on your part. But God is able to empower you Uh, that you can have a willingness and an ability to break through the flesh man. That's what's called the crucifixion. Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And how did that happen? Because you were crucified with Christ. In other words, your will was broken or yielded to the will of God. So until you yield to the will of God, your flesh is going to rise up and at times lead you places that can still get you in trouble. And so well, we haven't done one for a while and I've done it over Wednesday nights and sometimes we've done it over a weekend, but I've had what was called a consecrate weekend. And what the consecrate weekend is, is that while encounter delivers you from the devil, consecrate delivers you from you. That's why God said to Joshua before they went into the promised land, he said, consecrate yourselves. So it wasn't just the giants you were going to fight, but you're going to have to consecrate yourselves. And that's what that means. It means to, to yield, to be broken. And you've got to recognize that your flesh is, is still mighty active, and so that's going to have to be dealt with. Number four, I've already mentioned to be in the house of God. All right, be in the house of God. I want to read you Hebrews 10. I quote it a lot around here because we just think it's important to be in the house of God. But Hebrews 10.24 says this. It says, let us consider one another. Consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. Verse 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, it's interesting what the verse is right after this in verse 26. It says, for if we sin willfully after we've received the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for sin, Let me just share this with you because James 4.17 says the same thing and I've quoted this often. It says, To him who knows what is right and does not do it, to him it is sin. Now, what does that verse mean? It means that for some of us, for well, for all of us, we not only have what God says is sin in the Bible. And how many of you know we all are under this standard. If God says it's sin in here, It's sin for all of us. But here's the deal. The Holy Spirit is going to come to us and He's going to mess in our lives. It's a good mess. Because what He's going to do is He's going to say for you, I'm picking on Andrea because she's on the front row, see? And from, from now on, if you want to be picked on on a Wednesday night, just sit on the front row. But the Holy Spirit is going to come to Andrea. Not to me, not to you, but to Andrea. And the Holy Spirit is going to say, for you, Andrea, this now, this area, or this activity, or this thing here, for you is now sin. See, so, so it's, not, it's not a body-wide thing, but for Andrea, it's become sin. Now, why do I say this? It's because for some of us, now listen to me very carefully, because going to church doesn't save you. I know that going to church doesn't save you any more than sleeping in your garage makes you a car. I understand that. But hear me now for some of us, God says you got to be in the house of God. And if you're not in the house of God, then it's sin because you can't make it without being in the house. Are you following me? See, for some of us, there are just some things we got to turn off on the television. There are some things we, you know, I've reached the place with my household that if there's an R on the movie, I really, I just, it it is highly unlikely that you're ever going to see me at one of those. I think the last one I went to was the Passion of the Christ. I think that was the last one. And that was due to, you know, the graphic nature of it. And most PG-13s you can't go to either. You understand that, folks, don't you? I mean, for me, now I'm not saying you're going to hell. I'm not saying you can't. I'm not saying these things. I'm just simply saying that for me, I've reached a place where if they're going to use my Savior's name in vain that much, I ain't paying for it. That's me. Now, I'm not. that's not a church-wide deal, all right? I've just reached the place where if I went in and I'm there, all of a sudden I get convicted. Now, yeah, I'm just not comfortable anymore. Now, you. again, it's, I'm not making this... For everybody. It's just for me. God said, for me, that's sin. And I'm just telling you that we've got to become sensitive. That's, that's how you stay free. It's when you stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Because I've had people say, that seems like legalism or bondage. And I look at him, and I say, no, man, I'm free. I mean, for me, it's freedom. It's not bondage in any way, shape or form. And uh, so, anyway, just be sensitive to that. you got to be in the house of God. you got to let God work on you. you got to let Him speak to you. you got to let Him guide you and lead you because it's not just the lowest common denominator. That's not what we're shooting for. We're shooting for the highest possible life of consecration and walking with Him. Then number five, and i gotta, I got to close it right here, says develop the disciplines needed for longevity. Develop a prayer life. If you don't know how to pray then I tell you what, come, go to Connect Groups, come to Iron Man, and you know what? We pray there, and you can begin to learn how to pray. So be a part of things that can help you learn how to do these things. Enter into praise and worship. Develop the discipline of praising God with your whole heart and body. You know, people have said to me, I feel weird. Well, that you'll, you'll get over it if you do it enough. And after a while, it doesn't seem weird anymore. Um, I remember feeling weird doing things at college football games, and I got over it. In fact, I felt weird just about the first time I've tried anything. (laughs) And you'll press through it. You'll get through it. Listen, we've got to develop discipline. America has discipline no longer. There's no discipline in America. We have no financial discipline. We have the greatest debt ever. We have no moral discipline. Everybody's chasing whatever it is that makes them... Sexually gratified there's no educational discipline there's no spiritual discipline we're becoming listen we're becoming the holy roman empire which which voltaire called it that you know which was neither holy nor roman nor an empire but but the truth is it eventually collapsed and america is not holy and we're losing our superpower status and it's all because we refuse to discipline ourselves so develop disciplines that will take you to the end. Now, last thing it's a really serious a serious verse, but everybody needs to read this. It's in Matthew twelve uh, forty three. Matthew twelve forty three, I'm going to close with this and we'll be done. Okay, Matthew twelve forty three. It's a serious, serious verse. It says this it says When an unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest and finds none. Then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. Now what happens is, is verses 43 and 44 is what happened during encounter. We ran. We ran those spirits out of people's lives. We got the house cleansed. We got your life cleansed. And it's empty. And all that's good news. But listen, verse 45 then he goes and takes with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first, so shall it also be with this wicked generation. Now listen, this is this is an important thing, and it's, and it's critical. And that is, when, when we get cleansed, and then the Holy Spirit fills, and then we determine that we want to backpedal, or we want to turn around and go back to our old ways and our old paths, Jesus said these words, it's in red. This is what Jesus said. Jesus said what happens is, is that the spirits that were broken off of us and that we ran off, if they come back and they find those open doors again and they find those areas that they can get involved with again, that it can literally become seven times worse than it was than you had it before. Now, you say, well, pastor, are you trying to scare me? Yeah, exactly. I can't tell you how many times I've watched people's lives. They get on the right track. They're going the right direction. And for whatever reason, they say they're going back to the way they used to do it, the way it used to be. I can think, I can think of two people right now in my mind. They're on the right track. They're going the right way. And for whatever reason, that maybe it was through a fence or maybe it was through some other open door or wound, but they decided they were going back. And truthfully, they're seven times worse than they were when they had originally gotten right. Now, I'm, I tell you this because it is it is critical and incumbent upon you and upon me to do everything we can. And God, I promise you, will do everything He can do in order to keep us uh, whole and well and healed and delivered. There's more than enough of God available for that to take place. But we've got to do our part. It's just like your vehicle. You, the, the, the issue with your vehicle isn't that Somebody can't change the oil in it or somebody can't maintain it or somebody can't do what needs to be done with it. The issue is whether or not you have the discipline to get it where it needs to go, do with it what needs to be done, and then it functions correctly. That's the issue. God is more than willing and prepared and able to pour fresh oil upon us as much and as often as we need it. But if you're not in the Word and if you're not on your knees and if you're not in the house of God and if you're not doing those things which make for spiritual health, then it shouldn't come as any surprise to us that there may be some challenges in that area. All right. But here's the good news. The good news is it does not have to be that way for you. You can be victorious. Amen. So I'm going to pray for you tonight. Each one of you, I don't care whether you just got through encounter or whether you've been walking with the Lord victoriously now for some time. How many of you know we all need strength?